gents. It is Friday. Champion for small business. You know why? Because small business is bad to the bone, baby. That's how we roll on today's show. So here we go. Let's do this. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing out there the real, doing work. real work. And now, and now welcome, welcome to another, to episode, another of episode of Business Bros. Bros. Oh. <laughs> Let's show them how to drop some heat. All right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on and learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time, and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Today's guest has been protecting the interests of our nation's 27 million small businesses for more than two decades. Along with removing 600 large corporations from the federal small business database, our guest has sued the federal government and won on six separate occasions. Now, why has our guest gone up against the government and removed those large firms from the databases? Because our guest is truly passionate about small businesses, and he wants to make sure that government contracts go to those small businesses as promised, not just to those huge companies who strangle the competition. Tune in to hear how our guest has stopped the diversion of those contracts and how he's helping small businesses everywhere, including yours. Joining us today from the American Small Business League out of Petaluma, California, welcome to the show, Lloyd Chapman! program thanks for having me oh you're what's an honor is being in the presence of somebody who fights for small business we talk to small business owners each and every day and oftentimes we don't even know the mess that we're getting into as entrepreneurs and here you are standing up for us when we don't even know that things are going against us uh so thank you for what you do and uh and again welcome to the show well thank you thanks for having me all right, let's start off with our origin question. As always, Lloyd, why become a champion for small business? Couldn't you have just gotten into business yourself and played by the rules and learned these rules and become successful on your own right? It's, it was an accident. My father, <laughs> was, my father was a contracting officer for the Air Force back in, uh, I guess, the mid-80s. And I went to work for a small um, Hispanic-owned computer company. And my dad was telling me how to use the Freedom of Information Act to get information that would help them get more government contracts. And my dad told me how uh, under federal law, the government had to do at that time 20% with uh, small businesses and uh, all that stuff. So I, I did a Freedom of Information quest on a government contract that I saw on television. And uh, that was quite, I wound up in federal court several years <laughs> later. 
And I won that case, and it uh, turned out to be one of the largest freedom of information cases anyone ever won. And um, the judges were so unhappy at the attorney for the uh, Pentagon that they were screaming at this lady, and she's crying hysterically in federal court. And um, uh, when, it, when it was over, I remember watching her um, walk out of the courtroom with this big, giant briefcase, and uh, I felt like, you know, Godzilla. I, I, I had made <laughs> the Pentagon's lawyer cry. <laughs> right? I'm right. Like, you know, it's it very empowering. It feels more like a David and Goliath story. I mean, here you are trying to help get contracts for your own, you know, your dad's small business. And all of a sudden you find yourself in federal court against big, you know, the, the, against the Pentagon. I mean, how, how, what? I mean, there's gotta be more to that. Like, oh. did you, did you know anything as you were getting into it? Or at some point no. you were like, what am I doing here? No, no, it wasn't my dad's small business. It was a, it was a company that I'd taken a job with in California. And uh, I had, I had no idea. I was just very naive, but I could tell, well, I'll tell you, I tell you what, what I could tell. Back then, federal law mandated that a minimum small business subcontractor plan on this particular contract. The goal for small businesses was 16 one hundredths of 1%. So the law said 20. And when I got the document, it was 16 one hundredths of 1%. And that was shocking. And uh, I had met my congresswoman, Barbara Boxer, at that time. And I called her office and talked to her about it. And back then, a guy named Les Aspen was chair of the House Small Business Committee. She put me in touch with his office, and I told them what I'd found. And there was a congressional investigation into that. And as a result of that one uh, deal that I worked on, the dollars for small businesses went from $16 million to um, $517 million. So I got, I got $500 million. Mm dollars in additional money for small businesses with about, I don't know, six phone calls. So and- what was- Damn! <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. What was the big change that, that happened as far as uh, the qualifications for a business or was there just big corporations that were being classified as small business? Well, at that time, there, there's multiple problems in this in this arena. But, but, but the problem at that time was even though the law said small businesses are supposed to get 20%, the Pentagon was allowing their contractors to give them, you know, tenths of a percent, you know, two tenths, you know, a fourth percent, you know, things like that. And then as I got into it later on, I found that they were giving small business contracts to the biggest companies in the world. But um, here's something that I want everybody to know. The largest economic stimulus program that's ever been passed by Congress in the history of America to help the American people is the Small Business Act. It was passed in 1953. So the law that today says a minimum of 23% of all federal contracts should go to small businesses, that's the largest economic stimulus program ever passed by Congress for the American people in the middle class, and nobody knows that. Nobody knows that. They never talk about it on television. Um, you never hear, um, you know, President Biden or anybody talking about that, but, but that, that's a fact. Um, under uh, typical um, economic stimulus programs, I remember under TARP, small businesses got $1 billion. Under the American, what was the next one called? I forget what that was called, but uh, small businesses got $2 billion. If the government gave small businesses the 23% they're supposed to get, that would be over $350 billion. So it's the largest economic stimulus program in America today. And uh, it's essentially been repealed. Um, 
by uh, Fortune 500 firms, greedy Fortune 500 firms want every penny the government spends. They don't want that 23% to go to small businesses. They want it. So something else that nobody knows, you can't get on uh, national television and talk about it, but the Small Business Administration, the only agency in this country to help the 30 plus million small businesses where most Americans work, has essentially been closed. They pretty much, they, they've cut the budget to the point that the agency really can't function anymore. But again, you'll never see this on national television. So but, it's still um, around, it's still around, but just like a face, not really as a organization that has meat behind it to help small business. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. In fact, quite frankly, here's another thing that's going to shock people. Let, let me tell you something that I say to reporters when I start to talk reporter. Um, I've won 110 Freedom of Information Act legal battles against the federal government at this point in time. So in the last 32 years, I've gone to federal court 110 times uh, and won. My win ratio against the government uh, since uh, 1989 is 98.5%. So I say that because I, when I tell reporters, I said, can we agree you can't win 110 lawsuits against the government and be a conspiracy nut? And they go, <laughs> yeah, we agree, right? But um, so what was your question again? Yeah, so, so well, I mean, thinking, of, thinking in the conspiracy now, because we're living in an era where everything is a conspiracy, where every, every angle or every opposition or every opinion that goes against the mainstream ends up being a conspiracy theory here. So, but you have actual court winnings, filings, winnings that are, that are in favor of what you're saying. So why isn't this something that more people are aware of? Why isn't it small business rallying around this, especially they're the ones who in this last pandemic really got shit on. Yep. Well, that's, that's a lot of things come to my mind when you ask that question. Um, think about media, think about um, uh, national television, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, Fox, the Washington post. Those are businesses mm -hmm. and they sell advertising. And who buys advertising on national television? Fortune 500 firms, right? Yes. So national media um, is not going to run stories about how small businesses create 99% of all the net new jobs and how Fortune 500 firms haven't created one net new job since 1980. They're not going to run that story, right? Of course and not. Um, uh, there's been a dozen federal investigations that found that... Um, Oh, thousands, thousands of Fortune uh, uh, 1000 and, and bigger corporations around the world have gotten small business contracts. You're not going to see those stories anymore on national television. So you're not going to watch CNN and see a story how one of their biggest advertisers is um, violating federal law to hijack billions in federal small business contracts. Also, um, another thing, again, that I think is hard to believe is there aren't any actual organizations out there in America to represent small businesses. Uh, all the groups that you would think are there to help small businesses are fronts for Fortune 500 firms. I remember my mother uh, told me something, you know, 20 years ago. She said, well, she says, honey, why don't you call the SBA and see if they'll help you? Well, that's that's the problem. You know, all the um, uh, policies that in October of, of 2021 allow the federal government to report a contract to a Fortune 500 firm or their subsidiary were developed by the Small Business Administration. And, um, but yeah, uh, there are groups out there like the NFIB, the National Federation of Independent Business. If you go into a, um, a small business, there'll be a little black plastic with gold plaque, uh, with gold on it that says NFIB. 
And people think that that's some type of small business lobby group. The NFIB uh, on their website calls themselves the voice of small business in America. In reality, um, the NFIB lobbies for Fortune 500 firms. So let's just say this. Um, it came out 20 years ago that the government was giving small business contracts to Fortune 500 firms. Um, let's make this a game show. The first person, the first one of your listeners that can show me uh, anyone from the National Federation of Independent Business on national television objecting to the government giving small uh, business contracts to Fortune 500 firms, I'll FedEx them $1,000 in cash. Yeah, I don't think it exists. So you're telling me there's a chance. It's a very small <laughs> chance. Yeah. I don't think that's happening. There's probably uh, 25 groups around the country that claim to represent the small businesses, but I challenge anyone to find anyone from those organizations in the last decade or even the last 20 years on national television objecting to the government um, cutting the budget to the Small Business Administration, diverting small business contracts to Fortune 500 firms, and adopting federal policies uh, uh, that are, are detrimental to small businesses. Think about the COVID situation, right? So Lloyd Chapman says the United States government is anti-small business. Well, the budget for the Small Business Administration has been cut more than any agency in the history of, of government. Um, look at COVID. Target, Costco, Walmart, Home Depot were allowed to stay open. Yep. But if you're a mom and pop, you know, shop, you know, in, in downtown Cleveland or Albuquerque or El Paso, Texas, or, you know, Seattle, you had to close. So mm -hmm. the federal government, you know, forced the public to go to those big businesses. And if you're trying to um, curb the spread of COVID, think about those big lines of people in Target and Costco, you know, checking out where, where people were buying things from a small business in their own neighborhood. There wouldn't be that problem. But again, I think the United States government is documentably uh, anti-small business and the policies reflect that. You know? Yeah, we have states that are that are that are adding to that, making it exponentially worse in certain states uh, through that COVID era. So you've been fighting this fight for a long time. I'm sure you've been thinking about what that next step is going to be. How do we make that change? How does that happen? How does policy like that end up becoming more in favor of small business? Well, people have to have to become aware of it. See, the, the problem is that, uh, for example. Nobody knows the Small Business Act is the largest economic stimulus program for the American people in history. Nobody knows. They'll, they'll, you can watch CNN, you know, or any, you know, NBC, ABC, CBS, you know, they'll, they'll never mention it. Um, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, 98% um, of all the companies in America have less than 100 employees. Think about that. 98% mm -hmm. of all the businesses in America have less than 100 employees. And again, Census Bureau data, they're responsible for about 99% um, of the net new jobs. You'll never see that on national television. You'll never see it. Um, but yeah, people don't know. But I, I would uh, request people to uh, you know call your congressman, call your senator, you know, um, become aware of it. Because quite frankly, I think that our economy is going to crash. I, I sincerely believe that. Uh, it was reported on national television during the COVID pandemic that up to a third of all American small businesses were uh, closed forever. And yeah. I remember when Hillary Clinton was running for president, uh, she had a press conference and said that for the first time in history, more small businesses were closing, they were opening 
And the World Bank said that the U.S. was something like 25th worldwide in the ease of starting a new small business. So it's easier to start a small business in Iran or Iraq than it is the United States of America, according to the World Bank. I'm not sure what that number is today, but this is about five years ago. I think the U.S. was 25th or 26th. But um, think about this. So again, Census Bureau data, 98% of all U.S. firms have less than uh, 100 employees, and they create about 99% of all net new jobs. I challenge anybody out there. Here's another thing. I'll give you another $1,000 for the first person that can show me a piece of legislation that's been passed in the last quarter of a century, specifically for companies with 100 employees or less. You can't do it. It's never happened, right? And uh, look at, uh, was it uh, the, uh, the, um, uh, the PPP program, payroll protection program? That was supposed to help small businesses. You go back and look who got the money. Some billionaires got the money. And um, some, some, some you know, publicly traded companies. I remember the, the band, the Eagles got money. I think, uh, gosh, was it the, the Lakers got money? Something like that, big football teams. But small businesses, you know, didn't, didn't get that money. But, um, and by the way, that program was written to direct that money to big business. The way it was written, the banks were incentivized to um, loan out big chunks of money, not the small chunks that small businesses needed, Right. Uh, it was much easier for them to um, give somebody, um, you know, 10 million than give out, you know, um, hundreds of, of smaller loans. But again, um, people should call your congressman. You know, quite frankly, uh, people should be very, very upset about this, that um, the only agency in this country to, to protect the 30 plus million small businesses where most Americans work has essentially been closed. It's scary. Um, it's it, the the world we're living in is is a is a scary place right now. I, I heard a statistic the other day that thirty eight percent of the money that's been printed in the U S. has been printed in the last year. So you talk about where the economy is going. Uh, we have hyperinflation. We got you know boat after boat after boat off of Long Beach, off the L A. ports, just sitting there, not being able to to come in and and be unloaded. We got truck drivers uh, in in a huge shortage. There's a lot of things that are going on um, that are going to hurt small business owners. I mean, just just the fact that the price of everything is going up, I, I don't think people see the writing on the wall. And yet, when uh, when I talk to realtors around around here, when we talk to different people, they're like, no, the, the economy's fine. This is the best time. This is the, the one of the greatest economies that we've seen in, in, a, in, a, in a very long time. How is that possible? How, how is it possible that we're printing all these trillions of dollars it's not really going down to the people who actually need it. It's being filtered like you were describing to those Fortune 500 companies. What at this point, you know, how far along are we where we can actually make a change, where we can actually make something, or are we looking for that doom and gloom to fix everything? To everything's got to hit rock bottom for it to come back. Well, I think the economy right now is being propped up synthetically. They they've pumped trillions of dollars into the economy, right? Uh, I, I think it's lunacy. I'm going to say that again. I think it's absolute lunacy to spend trillions of dollars to try to stimulate the economy when you're when you've uh, essentially allowed the most efficient, effective economic stimulus program in the history of America, the Small Business Act, to be repealed by fortune by greedy Fortune 500 firms. That's just insanity, right? That is. Um, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. And um, I, I really think the economy is going to crash. I think it's going to completely collapse worse than 1929. 
I think we're 28 trillion in debt, right? Uh, Can't even fathom that number. Yeah, I think it's 28 trillion dollars that we're in debt. And um, um, again, Census Census Bureau data says small businesses, companies with less than 100 employees, are creating 90% of all the net new jobs. And the government policies are anti-small business, closing the SBA, uh, allowing the Small Business Act to be repealed, diverting small business contracts to Fortune 500 firms, forcing small businesses to close while Fortune 500 firms like you know um, Costco and Target and Home Depot can stay open. Um, I, I, I don't see anything. I don't see how it's possible for the economy not to collapse, quite frankly. Yeah. I really don't. I, I, I agree with you. I think the writing's on the wall. Lloyd, you've been you've been fighting for so long uh, that you have become a tremendous resource of information. If, uh, if we go to your website, scrolling across the bottom, asbl.com, uh, what kind of resource can we find there, and and what 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 can we expect to do there? Oh, mainly the uh, the uh, asbl.com website is designed to educate people about the problem of uh, how the government has um, repealed the Small Business Act and diverted. Uh, all that money to Fortune 500 firms. Um, it's got a, um, it's, it's kind of a library of all the media we put out, the press releases, the blogs, the radio shows, TV shows, podcasts, you know, things of that nature, right? But uh, as far as I know, it's the only resource on the internet where anyone is uh, objecting to these anti-small business policies. I remember, I remember, gosh, I, I guess this was uh, 2008 or 2009, I want to say it was called CIT or CTI. There was a, a bank that was the largest lender in America to small businesses, woman-owned business, minority-owned businesses, and the government was spending trillions of dollars to rescue banks, and they, they allowed that bank to fail. Hmm. So they they saved other banks that that were not lending money to small businesses. Again, I can't. I think it was CTI or CIT. I can't remember. But um, they allowed that bank to fail. The largest lender in America to small businesses, woman-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, and the government wouldn't wouldn't save that bank. And kind of, um, kind but, of reminds me of the uh, savings and loan era. One of my favorite movies uh, during Christmas coming up is uh, "It's a Wonderful Life," uh, and watching the struggle that a lot of the people had just to get just to be able to get in a home, right? The way the savings and loan operated, uh, and. And then uh, James, hey, remind me what the uh, what the old guy's name was—the one that uh, was was the uh, the the villain in in uh, in uh, Pottersville, Mr. Potter. I got it. Thank you, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Potter. Mr. Potter. Reminds me of what you're describing here. Mr. Potter is the is is the one who's trying to hedge everything. I don't care about your emotions. I don't care about your feelings. It's all about grabbing that money uh, at any necessary angle. Part of it, I feel, and the majority of it, I feel, has to do with what politicians are doing in in congress i mean they're the ones who control the purse strings they're the ones who are there and yet we don't really see much about congressional races you know they exist but that's not what the mainstream is it's always our focus is always on the president that executive branch and the executive branch is not the one who's always making these these rules right i I don't think people quite understand how government and politics work so that they can make these changes can you help uh, elaborate on that I'll tell you something. I've met most of the presidents in my lifetime. I've lobbied Congress for years. I've been in every office in the Senate and the House multiple times. When Barack Obama was a um, a senator from uh, Illinois, his chief of staff uh, told me to consider their conference room, my office in Washington. Mm. And uh, I've I've spent 
so many days of my life walking the halls of Congress, pulling a little uh, carry-on bag with brochures and talking to people, meeting with people. But um, um, the the Fortune 500 firms own the government. They own it. They own it. Um, I, I saw, um, here's some documentary. He ain't lying. Yeah, he ain't lying. They should watch um, Requiem for the American Dream. They should watch Inequality for All. They should watch Saving Capitalism. They should watch The War on Whistleblowers. And if you want to know what my life is like, um, go watch some of the documentaries on Truth and Power. Truth and Power, I think, is on Amazon Prime. There are 10 documentaries about activists like myself and what happened to them. If you're an activist, um, whether it's Black Lives Matter, civil rights, small business, animal rights, and you're taking on the government, they come after you. And the things they do, you wouldn't believe. They, you, I can't believe you just brought up Saving Capitalism. I was literally showing that movie in my classroom today and watching about what Robert Reich was doing uh, and, and being a champion for, for a lot of these small businesses, how, you know, how close he was to the uh, Clinton administration and the, the policies that he tried to put in place and how everything got shut down as soon as he made a ruckus, how, how big, how basically the fortune 500 companies said, sorry, we're going to lobby against this. He ended up losing a battle when he was trying to argue about, uh, marketing to small children about sugary cereal. I mean, it was, it's some crazy stuff that yeah. you see. It's money. It's money. Um, I worked on Obama's campaign for several months and I met him and uh, he appointed me to serve on the Small Business Advisory uh, Committee. And um, he told me he had to raise $50,000 a day to be in the Senate. And that was, you know, what was that, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But um, yeah, big businesses own our government. In, in um, I think it's uh, Inequality for All and, and also in Requiem for the American Dream, it comes out that there's like 50 people in America that have more money than like the bottom 85% of, of Americans. And uh, the concentration of wealth leads to a concentration of power. Mm -hmm. and, and that just gets worse and worse and worse. So every year, the concentration of wealth and political power in America gets worse and worse. You have a smaller and smaller number of people having more and more political power. And, um, and they're not using it you know, for the for the benefit of the American people, they're using it, you know, to, to make more money for themselves. But again, here's here's uh, another uh, challenge I'll, I'll throw out there. Um, you know, um, if anybody can show me a, a member of Congress, you know, during the day standing for that whole body objecting to the government giving small business contracts to Fortune 500 firms, I'll give the first person that can show me that video. I give them a thousand dollars too, because you can't do it. Uh, in, in the last quarter of a century, I don't believe uh, even one member of Congress has ever stood up and objected to policies that have diverted trillions of dollars in federal funds that should be going to the middle class to Fortune 500 firms. I've never seen it. And to tell you the truth, I was talking to a guy today. Um, I, I've never seen anybody other than me on national television objecting to federal anti-small business policies. I've, I've never seen it. Well, that's because you've um, never been uh, trying to raise capital to to win an election. So if there's no yeah. money flowing your way, then there's no backs you have to scratch. But everybody right. else who gets into into politics, that's exactly what happens. The only reason they're there is because they were given money to get there. 
Yeah. Um, I'm afraid, you know, that our, our government is, I, I think it's too late. I really do. I hate to sound kind of like a downer like that, but I think that um, uh, Washington is so corrupt that I don't, I don't think it's possible to change. And anyone that could change it, um, people like maybe Bernie Sanders or Tulsi Gabbard or people like that that maybe wanted to uh, kind of dismantle that, um, they'll, they'll never get anywhere near, you know, the White House. Um, I don't think that anyone can be president that isn't um, uh, chosen by the elite, you know, the richest people and, uh, and the big corporations that, that own this government. You know, AT&T, those kind of companies, and now Amazon, you know, ExxonMobil, uh, those types of, I'll say even Fortune 100 companies. Fortune 100 companies decide what legislation is going to get passed. Um, and it affects every area of our lives. For example, um, Americans pay more for um, a, a certain prescription than anybody in the world. Bernie Sanders mm -hmm. uh, used to take people in buses across the border to Canada, you know, to buy their prescriptions for maybe like a fourth of what they're paying for in America. Um, uh, I can't think who it was. I was listening to somebody the other day on a podcast. Um, but America spends more money on health care than any other country in the world. And yet we have a worse outcomes. Right. <laughs> We have a higher infant mortality rate than, than some third world countries. So That's every sad. area of our life, um, you know, the FDA, the Pentagon, uh, every federal agency is generally controlled by the large corporations that they're supposed to uh, regulate, right? And every committee in Congress that, that oversees uh, either the banking industry or the defense industry or the oil and gas industry, that committee is controlled by that industry. And you can go look in websites um, um, and see that. There's lots of websites that show where that money comes from, right? But, um, yeah, yeah unfortunate. very it's, unfortunate. And um, it's the um, doom and gloom. And, and, and you know, the, the thing is, normally you'd have uh, the conspiracy theory behind you, but I love how you started the show. 110 different uh, court cases. 98% victories. I mean, there's something to be said when you have, you know, there's a difference between somebody who's done their research and confirmation bias. So what I say today is, you know, whatever opinion you have on any side of any topic, you can Google it and you can find results that are there. That is not research. That is confirmation bias. What you've done in your life is you've actually done the research. You've done the homework. You've taken it to court. You've fought the battles and you've won. So what you're seeing is not something that is far-fetched. It's something that is a reality of what's happening in our small business. Lloyd, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Very information, a lot of information that you've shared with us. Kind of scary, kind of gloomy. If, you know, It's like Apple had that commercial back in the 80s, right? How 1984 will not be like 1984. Well, yeah. damn, in 2021, it sure as hell is starting to feel like it, right? Yep. I mean, it's it's the way things are. Lloyd, before we head out, if people want to get more information, see what kind of stuff you got going on, where can they do that? Go to my website, asbl.com. You can go on YouTube and see all my TV appearances. Uh, I've got uh, lloydchapman.com, lloydchapman.net. But uh, um, people need to get unhappy about this and talk to their congressmen. Things need to change. They need to quit cheating the American people on the money that they're supposed to get under, under the Small Business Act. Absolutely. Ladies and gents, it's up to us. Like, 
we, the people, that's it. Without us, they got nothing. But if we remain ignorant, if we don't have any homework, we don't stand up and say something, they're just going to keep on doing what they're doing. So who knows what tomorrow holds as long as we start educating ourselves and meeting people like Lloyd, learning from people who've already been fighting this fight for us, and then go out there, grow your business, make the money that you need to, but fight the fight as well. Lloyd, thank you very much for coming on the show, ladies and gents. We'll see you guys again next week. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.